You are listening to audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church on the corner of Ebenezer Baptist and Pleasant Green Road. If you would like to learn more about our church, please go to ebcconnect.org. Please help me welcome the graduating class of 2020. Olivia Allen, Cedar Ridge High School. Hunter Fisk, Person County High School. Colton Fox, Person County High School. Faith Harden, Orange High School. Zachary Jones, Orange County High School. Rachel Morris, Cedar Ridge High School and North Carolina School of Science and Math. Caleb Rampus, Homeschool. Ella Satterfield, Orange High School. Luke Thomason, Voyager Academy. Samantha Thornton, Voyager Academy. Shelby Thornton, Voyager Academy. Molly Walker, Orange High School. And now for our college graduates, Grayson Caudell, Liberty University. Hannah Doucette, Alamance Community College. Please be seated. This morning, we celebrate a class that has went through a lot during their time. This class was born, as you've heard, during a world at war that had our country was attacked. And they've ended their school career, their grad school or high school career at a time when the world has been in a place where we've never seen it before. But we believe that God is going to do incredible things. We know that God is using them, and we're going to be talking about that during our service today. We know that God has special plans for their lives, and we're going to see amazing things come out of this. We're going to see, as the song says, grave turns. We're going to see beauty for our ashes. We're going to believe that God is going to do something amazing. If you would, since it's kind of not social distancing to lay hands on. If you would, will you stretch your hands with us this morning and pray over this graduating class? Dear God and Heavenly Father, we pray over each and every graduate and even the ones that weren't able to be with us this morning or in this service. Lord, we ask you to put your hand of protection over them, a favor over them, Lord, that you would give them victory over so many things that they have seen as defeats in their lives, especially in the last couple of months. 
God, we know that you're going to resurrect something awesome out of this group of kids right here, God, who are coming adults. So God, we thank you. I ask you empower them with your Holy Spirit, but also empower your church to support them, to send them, and that they would have bold and courageous hearts wherever they go. In Jesus' name, amen. understand that there's so much more ahead of them. And so um, I want to encourage you to continue to pray for, for them and their families as we continue to move forward. I want to remind you of a couple of things, announcement-wise. Uh, the women's retreat that's They're taking right. place in September, um, that registration can be found on the on the women's ministry page on our website, so you can go there and register. And then uh, Father's Day is just a couple weeks away. Michael Thompson from Zoe Ministries is going to be here, and he's going to be sharing about the heart of a father. And I would encourage all the guys to go to YouVersion and start the 14-day devotional. Um, that starts today, so you'll be ready for that morning. And then um, we're getting ready to sing a song about our testimony, and our testimony really is wrapped up in the person of Christ. That's who it ought to be wrapped up in. And so when we, with all the things that are going on in our world right now, to understand that our job is to represent Christ wherever it is. And so I want to encourage you to have a testimony that is for Christ. Not not just that, I would encourage you to abhor racism. Um, that, there's no place for racism within the body of Christ. And so we, we need to push back on that and say, we don't need that. That doesn't represent who Jesus is. So to say no to racism of any kind and be willing to, to listen with a heart that is set on Christ more than anything else. And then to, um, to seek peace. Not peace at, at, the, at the expense of accomplishing what needs to be accomplished. And I'm not saying that we join in and go, Hey, I want to I want to do stuff that's against the law. It's about seeking peace in a way that honors Christ. And then lastly, that we would honor those around us, genuinely honor them by the way we live our lives because they are made in the image of God. And so to to lift up folks around us and say, I recognize you because God made you. And that's the way we exhibit our testimony in Christ. So in this world that's super chaotic right now, um, let's put Christ first and allow that to drive our attitudes and our actions moving forward. Let's pray. We'll continue. I'm glad that you're here to celebrate the Lord with us today. Pray for Pastor Jeremiah as he shares in just a few minutes from God's Word. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for who you are. We thank you for 
making us in your image and father giving us value that is beyond what we could even have on our own father you've given us a place and you've died for us and so father we we want to recognize that there you you've placed value on us as your creatures and so father um, as we gather here today father help us to be sensitive to your word and your spirit father as we listen as we praise as we worship father we want you to be lifted up and glorified here Father, we love you and we praise you. We pray these things in the mighty and strong name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Hey, everyone. Uh, before we start, um, I wanted to share with you something. Uh, I've been reading in Exodus, and I'm just in like the first part where uh, Moses and Aaron are going to Pharaoh and telling him about all the plagues that are going to corrupt his land if he doesn't let the Israelites go. And there's one thing that, that really overlies everything that Moses has to do, is he has to, he has to trust God. So God, before, before Moses went to Pharaoh, God told him that he's going to send plagues on Egypt, and Pharaoh's going to harden his heart, and he won't listen to Moses. So Moses went to Pharaoh ten times, and ten times Pharaoh said no. And throughout, throughout all those times, Moses had to trust God and believe in him that he was that God was going to deliver what he promised. In the same way that Moses had to do that, we need to trust God today that he's going to he's going to keep us safe. He's Two thousand plus years ago is still applicable today. So I just want to tell you guys that. So that being said, let's stand on up and worship. Praises of the Spirit, Son and Father, our God, 
will finish what he started. Yes, our God will finish what he started. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony Oh, I'm alive This is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony.
pushes through. A sense when it hasn't possible ever stopped you. Friday's disappointment, Sunday's empty tomb.
Dear Lord, thank you for um, allowing us to gather today to uh, worship you in this building once again. Uh, I pray that you will be over Jeremiah as he delivers the message, that you'll be over each and every one of us this week. In your name I pray, amen. I want to ask everybody if you will, I'm sorry you just sit down. Could you, could you stand back up with me just for a second? And we're just going to take, take a minute. I know the last three months has been incredibly hard. And there's been a mixture of emotions and maybe a lot just going on in your life um, and everything. We want to take a minute just to trust God at His Word. Do you, you believe you can trust God at His Word? For, for a minute, uh, the Scripture tells us that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I don't know who you are this morning, but if you need a touch from God, let's take a moment to worship Him. Let's take a minute to reach out and ask for it. We believe that the Spirit of God is here and that freedom is in this place. And this is, this is your time. If you're watching, you weren't able to come here this morning, you're watching uh, on the internet or however you're watching, listen, let's take a minute to trust God at His Word. Will you just stretch your hands out to heaven and let's pray for a minute. Sam's going to play. And I just want you, instead of me leading you in a prayer, will you just start to pray? The book of James says, we have not because we ask not. And this morning, I believe that there's families, I believe there's people, I believe that there's people watching that need a touch from God here this morning. And God is willing and God is able and just the same resurrection power that we just talked about, that's what Scripture says. It says the same, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in us now. It's in His church right now. And so whatever's been speaking into your life, whatever darkness is there, maybe you came in here feeling like you were, uh, you were going to feel the conviction and you are going to feel uh, some type of shame and embarrassment this morning, but God has nothing but love for you this morning. God has grace for you that He wants to pour out and He wants to set you free. Some of you still thinking that that's probably just a, a gimmick or something that a preacher is supposed to say, but listen, I'm going to tell you that's what the Word of God says. And if you will trust Him this morning, if you'll trust Him and just reach out. So Sam's going to play just for a minute. Just reach out and just pray. Whatever it is you, we're going to take just a minute or so just to reach out. Holy Father, there's people in this place, God. Some of us need a physical healing. And we ask You to heal. God, some of us need emotional healing. This last few months has been really hard on us. And what we face has been really hard. And we don't even know what to think anymore. Some of us have wayward children. And our hearts ache. God, this morning, some of us, our marriage is on the brinks and it needs healing. God, some of us have just lost our sense of touch in You and we don't even know how to come back. God, we're holding You to Your Word. Your Word says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we believe that You're here now moving in us, God. You said that You're... that. You abide in the praises of Your people. God, as we reach out, as we lift You up, as we glorify You, God, we ask that Your presence would be here this morning. 
So come, Lord Jesus. Touch. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. Good morning. How's it going? Good, 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 good. Thank you guys for celebrating our uh, teenagers uh, that were graduating. We also had some college graduates. And I can't help but call out one who told me not to. And I know she's, but look at me. Dawn Jackson graduated from college from Mount Olive University with her bachelor's. So if you guys would give it up for her. She said, I really don't want y'all to celebrate. I want it to be about the kids, and I just can't help because I, I, I graduated in my 40s too from college. So um, I know it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's hard. So, all right. Um, this morning, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, God. Um, porch conversations. So Jesus is out and he's talking. At, uh, at, and it's one of the most famous sermons, the longest sermon that we see that Jesus uh, uh, preaches. At, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. Many of you have heard if you've been in church any amount of time. And so um, we took the idea of porch conversations. A lot of us that grew up in the South, come on. Somebody say y'all. Y'all, there you go. Um, so, you know, we, we do a lot of our uh, best teaching and discipleship out on the porch. Not in the Sunday school classroom. We do a lot of good stuff in the Sunday school classroom. But we get a lot of our good uh, teaching and wisdom done out on the porch. And so uh, we're doing this series. And this is kind of like Jesus. He's outside. He's just laying it all on the line. Uh, he gives us the Beatitudes. He gives us so many things in the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're going to take just a short snippet uh, from Matthew chapter 5. I did it again. Man, in the first service, I kept saying John. And I turned to John this morning. What's up with that? Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16 is what we're going to be covering this morning uh, in those porch conversations. And so this is actually kind of a message that's for, uh, it's for the next generation and for those that love them. Um, and since we're kind of celebrating them uh, this morning. So, how many of you guys are confused by some of the people in the next generation? Let's be honest just a minute. How many of you are just confused about your own kids that's in this next generation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands went up. Revival. All right. Um, so we saw a couple of things, and a lot, of, a lot of people, they're thinking about, you know, hey, they're on their phones all the time. Uh, they're distracted, ADHD. Everybody's on meds. I don't know. There's no hope for, you know, and, and I've been guilty of all that uh, talk, too. You know, my, my grandfather, when he was 17 years old, um, joined the Army. I don't even know how he did it at 17. Joined the army, went in uh, World War II, was in the Pacific Islands, and uh, was stranded, was majorly hurt, and then came over here to uh, East Tennessee from, he's originally from Texas. And so that's his legacy. He's a World War II vet. He was celebrated a lot towards the end of his life. Uh, one of the last uh, remaining vets in his area, World War II vets in his area. My dad, when he was 17 years old, lied about his age <coughs> and went to Vietnam, did the same thing. When I was 17 years old, I was laying around the house watching MTV. Okay, and then, like, our kids now, you know, at 17, they're even doing... And so there's, there's difference, and, and, and we've kind of unfairly, unjustly talked about this next generation. Um, and maybe put some labels on them and things like that. But listen, I believe that God has something so much more in store for them. Even though we might not see it yet... 
God has something in store for them. God has a plan for them. I've been working with uh, the students here for almost two years and just seeing incredible things and seeing God do incredible things in their lives and in their, stu- in their families' lives as well. So uh, I put on that in your bulletin insert right there is your noise. It's, ask God to help you love them now even through the confusion and the things that you don't understand. But there's ways you can learn. Listen, there's ways that you can learn. So I'm going to help you out. If one of these teenagers says okay boomer to you that's not a good thing okay that's just just know that they're being mean to you okay but you can call them zoomers because since they're generation c so i've heard people calling them zoomers now so uh how many of you guys remember the tide pod thing like the kids eating the tide pods we see that up there do you guys the tide pod challenge did anybody try this and care to admit it no nobody okay all right, uh, maybe you think uh, this next one, uh, you think about the next generation and they're taking selfies all the time, right? And they're pooching their lips out. What's that called? That's the duck face, right? So, uh, how many of you guys have done the duck face? Selfies? Nobody wants... I see maybe one. I've got some pictures of our youth group here. See, they like to steal their youth pastor's cell phone and take pictures, and so I'm going to share some of those pictures with you <laughs> this morning. So there's Shelby doing the duck face. All right, let's see who we got next here. So I got all the seniors. There's Samantha, got her tongue stuck out. That's really good. All right, who else we got? Yeah, there's, there's Rachel. She's about to sell me a used car. That's what that smile's about right there. All right, who we got next here? Colton. See, and I'm trying to figure out what he's doing with his hand because there's nothing. I, I want to Photoshop like a comb or something. I don't know what we're going to Photoshop in there. That'd be good. All right, who else we got up there? Yeah, there's Zach. Yeah, that's good. I hope your face don't get froze like that. Where's Zach at? There he is. Can you do that face again right now? Yeah, there you go. That's good. And last but not least, we've got Hannah set. And so what happens is... You know, I'm out working hard, uh, you know, we're at an event or something like that, and I'll leave my phone down, and then I'll pick it up later, and there'll be hundreds of pictures just like that. But I'm saving them all for special occasions just like this. So, <laughs> so that's that. All right, let's get into the Word. Verse, um, verse 13. Jesus is giving these followers, an identity. He's telling them exactly who they are and what their purpose is. In this, He calls them salt and light. And so to be appropriate for this next generation, we're going to call this salty and lit. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. He identifies them again. Listen, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Speak to us this morning. Amen. 
Jesus tells the disciples that they are the salt of the earth. Now, we know during this time period, uh, when they didn't have electronics and those things 2,000 years ago, that they, uh, they depended heavily on salt to preserve meats, to preserve foods. They uh, depended on salt uh, as a part of their diet, as well as the same that you and I do. We have to have a certain amount of sodium in our body, and so salt is a very important, uh, important mineral that we need in our lives. And salt has many, many uses, uh, cleaning uses that we use it for now. And so this analogy is still good today for us. And about us adding salt to the earth. Now Jesus has put His followers, those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, those that old things have passed away and everything has become new, He has said, guess what? You are the salt of the earth. It's not the PhDs. It's not the scientists. It's not the unbelievers. They've got some things to contribute, but it's you that are the salt. You are the next generation. You guys are the salt. The followers of Jesus. You that are followers of Jesus in this group. You are the salt of the earth. That's a part of your identity. You add value. There is no other place that this earth can get that salt except for what you offer and what God has given in you to offer. So listen to this. Jesus warned them about losing their saltiness, losing their flavor, as the NLT says. In King James, I believe it says saltiness. How do they lose their saltiness? Listen, just the same way as in our nation. Listen, <clears throat> all of our major institutions were started, major education institutions in this nation were started by the church, by Christians, by followers of Jesus. Yale, Harvard, all of them started. Princeton started as seminaries. When you look back over history, you see the salt of the earth taking place. Humanitarian efforts all over the world today are led by the salt of the earth. Yes, there's others. There's USAID. There's you know, these things, but... World Vision, Compassion International, the list goes on and on and on. Followers of Jesus, salt of the earth. All the schools at one time were started in the church. Hospitals. You can still see remnants of almost every hospital in the U.S. They'll have the name still. Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever. Followers of Jesus that started those hospitals. Mission Hospital in Asheville. Started by followers of Jesus. But we've had a culture shift to where Christians stopped being on the edge of technology. They stopped being salty. They stopped sharing Jesus with others and they became timid. Many didn't stay, stand up for morality and laws and our nation changed i believe that if we were to say something about this next generation of jesus followers that we're graduating here today and that we continue to work with in our middle school and high school 
and children's ministry and college is that you are going to be the salt of the earth. You're going to be the generation that changes this. You're going to surrender your life to God. The Holy Spirit is going to fill you and give you the power. Listen, if you'll just embrace it. That is a real warning from Jesus is that we could lose our saltiness. We could lose our love for the Heavenly Father. We could lose our love for Jesus. <coughs> Jesus tells the disciples in verse 14 that they are the light of the world. Now, something we know about light, as you can see, uh, the lights that we have hanging from the ceiling here, is we have them precisely hung at the right place where we can get the maximum use out of them. What Jesus is saying there is nobody brings a light into their house and then covers it up. That would be dumb. Am I the only dad that yells at their kids for leaving the light on? You know? We would have heart attacks as dads if we found out somebody had a lamp and they threw a bunch of stuff on it. But that's what Jesus is saying. You are the light of the world. Listen, graduating class of 2020, next-gen ministry students here, kids ministry students here, listen to this. This is true for everybody, but I, I want you to grasp this. I want you to get a hold of this this morning, that you are the light of the world. And your Heavenly Father, your King Jesus needs you where He can get the maximum use out of you. Where you can shine the most. We see people like Isaac Newton, who was a devout follower of Jesus Christ, invented trigonometry, and had countless other inventions. <clears throat> we see people like William Wilberforce, who became so infatuated with Jesus and fell in love with Jesus that he wanted to give up his career in politics to go into ministry full-time. But his friends eventually had to come to him and say, look, we really think that you're called to go into politics. And this is where we need you the most. And because of him being precisely where God needed him, not in the church, but he used him in parliament for years and years and years and years and eventually ended slavery in England because of his efforts and his friends. Had he went into ministry, wound up in a monastery, or leading a church, that probably would have never happened. <clears throat> a lot of us are in love with Jesus. And we're in love with His church. But listen, this is a place where we get equipped. This is a place where we get equipped, we get empowered, we get encouraged. But our ministry's out there. The ministers of this church are you in those seats. It's not just me, Bob, Isaiah, Wayne. It's all y'all. All us are the true ministers of this church. God has us precisely where He wants us. Jesus says they're like a city on a hilltop. He gives you that identity too. This is for you too. A city on a hilltop. You can't be hidden. 
Have you guys ever been flying into a city like Chicago at night? You can see it from miles away. I mean, you're literally like a state away and you can see Chicago or Atlanta. These cities on a hill in this day and time, as you approach, there's no way to be hidden from that. No one hides the light. Jesus says in verse 16 that the good deeds are the lights that Jesus is talking about. Your good deeds. And listen, it's not just, listen, anybody, an atheist can do some good things. But the good deeds that he's talking about is doing the specific things that you are called to do, the things that you are passionate about, the things that you would die if you didn't do them. That you just had to do that. As far as us and the next generation, we need to trade. It's going to take us trading, listen, a worldly philosophy and adopting a kingdom agenda. We have to understand that we are a part of God's kingdom. That when we have surrendered lordship to the Lord Jesus Christ and He became our King and old things have passed away and everything has become new, that we have a new allegiance. We don't get mad about what the world gets mad about. We get motivated by what moves God's heart on this earth. We know that there's a coming kingdom and that we have our place in that. If you truly want to change this world, everybody listen, not just the class of 2020, I do want you guys to listen, but, but listen to this. If you truly want to change this world for the better, then be about the Gospel. Be about the Kingdom. I think it's horrible what happened to the gentleman in Minneapolis. And as a former police officer, it breaks my heart that someone was treated that way. And it eventually led to their death. If you really want change, and you want to see things get better, be about the Gospel. The Gospel is the answer. We can do all we want to do about trying to change systemic wrongs. We can do all that we want to do about political agendas and moral standards, but it's the Gospel that is the answer to this. There is no other way about it. We can rally people together and we can get people to vote certain ways and get them to do all those things, but listen, it is the Gospel that changed men and women's hearts. And that is the true cure for our society. I had a dear friend of mine, Pastor Joe Betts, who's in the Philippines right now as we speak. He had lost a ministry. He had a, a, a ranch, a camp that we were a part of for a very long time where they brought inner city kids into the mountains of North Georgia and spent the week telling them about Jesus. And he wound up losing this, this ranch. And he went into a time of fasting. And, and I had seen him one time and I knew he was right around 40 days of fasting and just seeking God. And then I ran into him another time, 
and he was past 40 days. He says, I don't know how long I'm going. But he said, he come to the conclusion, he said, I've come to the conclusion that it's all about the Gospel. If we really want to see change, it's all about the Gospel. Talk radio is only going to influence so much. Fox News, CNN, can only say so much. The White House can only say so much. Our political leaders can only say so much, but it's the Gospel that can truly change society. He said, if we led a million people to Christ and they were on fire for God and full of the Holy Spirit, do you think that they would vote different? If our churches, if our churches were alive with people that were filled with God's Spirit, loyal to Jesus' kingdom, here on earth and waiting expectantly, do you think it would change our society at all? Listen, I think it's great that people can black out their Instagram and do all those things and, and, and put sidewalk chalk down there, but listen guys, that's only going to do so much. It's going to take the Word of God becoming the foundation for our country again if we ever want to see true change. And it's going to take you being the salt of the earth and you being a city on a hill and being the light shining where you're at. The only reason we are in a post-Christian nation now is because of salt that has lost its saltiness, that's lost its favor, flavor. So in closing... We have to understand that Jesus was sent by God. So now He sends us. And that we need to go from surviving the next generation to sending the next generation. Our church needs to be an equipping church. It needs to be a sending church. Not losing students that are going off to college, but we're sending a missionary to Clemson University. We're sending missionaries to Liberty University. We're sending missionaries to the community colleges that we hope to be working in soon, locally. We're sending missionaries to culinary school, to beauty school, we have 12 high school graduates and four college graduates, five counting Dawn, that we're sending. Our mission is His mission. Every day, the thing that is on God's mind needs to be on our hearts. Part of His agenda needs to be a part of our every day. We all know that God's perfect plan to save humanity, to save man from his sins, was for Jesus, God in the flesh, to come and give His life. That was God's perfect plan. It was the way that it had to be for us to be able to go to heaven, for our sins to be forgiven. But even Jesus said this, He's better, He says, it's better that I go away 
so that the Holy Spirit can come. That's what Jesus said. It was better that He leave us and leave us so the Comforter could come, the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God's perfect plan to reach the world is His church. There are people all the time and you'll hear them say, hey, me and God's got our own work, thing worked out. I really don't need the church. Listen, you and God ain't got nothing worked out if it doesn't involve His church. God's perfect plan to reach humanity, to reach them with the Gospel of Jesus Christ and to see life transformation happen is through His church. But it's also the home. The home, the family unit. The home and the church is God's perfect plan for training and equipping the next generation to be who He has called them to be. It generally does not happen anywhere else. It generally does not happen. One thing that Pastor Isaiah and myself are discussing and Pastor Bob right now is when we have families who want to dedicate their babies, we want to start meeting with them and start challenging them to raise them to be sent. If a student is in our student ministry, middle school, high school, college, we want them to be a sent people, a sent generation. We want them to be salty and lit wherever they go. And we ask this question, where will the next generation go that our generations were afraid to go? And I ask you guys, part of the next gen, are you willing to be the light that God has called you to be? Are you willing to be the salt of the earth in your schools, in society? How about you adults? You might say, hey, this challenges me and I feel like I've wasted my life. If I could relive things over and start back at their age, I would do things different. I would serve God and I would have done this and I would have done that. Listen, I believe that what the Lord would say to you this morning is today is day one. Serve Him. Each one of us should get to our deathbeds and with our last breath say, I have no regrets. I gave it all to Jesus. I have no regrets. I gave it all to Jesus. Because there's a lot of things that we get worried and stressed out about, whether our house is big enough, whether we got the right degrees, whether if we got the right income, could we do be doing better? Listen, if we believe this word and about the coming kingdom, that's what we live for. That's what we live for. If there's a kingdom, then there's a king. And he needs to have the kingdom in our hearts. He needs to be sitting on the throne of our hearts. So in a few minutes, I'm going to ask uh, Owen to go ahead and bring the band up and for them to play. I wanted you to take some of those questions and challenge yourself. Are you looking at sending your kids? Sending the next generation? Maybe your kids are already out of the house. Maybe you're retired. Maybe you've got some time that you can invest, but you don't know how. We'd be more than glad 
to take you as you are and just see God use your heart in our next-gen ministries. There's two things, and um, if you're watching from the earlier service, I didn't mention these, but there's two, two things. For you as a part of the next generation, we'll be announcing it this week. Starting on June 29th through August 1st, we've got an opportunity for you to be salt and light here in our own community. We're going to be doing a missions week. And if you're an adult, you would like to help out with that. Since we're not able to do, travel and do our missions trips like we had planned, we're going to do a missions trip here. And uh, it's going to be like a very long extended metamorphosis where we have host homes and those sorts of things. It's going to be like a week long of that. And it's going to be an opportunity for us to be salt and light here in this community. And next, in two weeks, we've got... Uh, Michael Thompson from Zoe. He's the author of Heart of a Warrior. They do ministry literally all over the world. Um, and he is going to be here preaching on Father's Day. And so for you dads, we're going to ask you, if you'll put that devotional slide up there, uh, starting today, we're going to put this link out. And there's a free devotional that we'll be, that we'll be sharing. It's called The Heart of a Warrior, 14 Days. So in between now and two weeks from today we'll have a little devotional that we do all together on the YouVersion app for free to get us ready for that and that's an opportunity to see what it looks like to have a home that is ready to send and to be a part of the kingdom of God so I'm going to pray with you guys the band's going to lead us out once they get done you'll be dismissed if you need special prayer I'll be in the back here in a little bit, be more glad to stick around and pray with you guys, anybody that needs prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for our graduating class. And Lord, we thank you for what your spirit's going to do through this word and what you're doing in us now. In Jesus' name, amen.
you guys for coming out. I hope that you have a safe week and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this audio from Ebenezer Baptist Church. We welcome you to join us next Sunday for our weekly worship service. If you have found this resource helpful, please do share it with others and check out our other ministries at ebcconnect.org.